every single artist I know mm. is a nerd. Like Mate, I don't see how you can't be. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, you have to be nerdy either about like graphic design tablets. Oh God, yes, for yeah. a graphic design tablet. My way, I'm like. Yeah, but that's important. That's important. It's really important. Really important. Yeah. Or like, you know, programming, pastels, paints. Like you're gonna be nerdy about how maybe paints were made in the eighteen hundreds and how they were made up to now and it's just like Yes. That's that's me. <laughs> that is me every time. Don't I'm, tell me you're there at the grindstone, mate. Like, oh no, honestly, like I get way too excited by that scene in Girl with a Pearl Earring when they're like grinding up the. I mean, if you've never seen it, go watch it. It's proper. It's proper. <laughs> whew, sexy. <laughs> Tuned in to the conversation for her by her. This episode was recorded in the pod at White City Place. Hello, 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 and welcome back to The Conversation Podcast. I'm Zulika, and I'm joined today by a wonderful panel of ladies, and we're going to talk about girl geekdom. So, before further ado, can you introduce yourselves? Let's start with Bookie. Hi, everyone. So, my name is Bookie. During the day, I'm a software engineer, so I code for a living, and at night, I'm a software... No, I'm an artist. So I'm a fine artist. I'm awake. My work mainly focuses on the female body. Where can we find you? Oh, so my at is Bookie K Grey. So that's B U K I K E K E R E. And that's both Twitter and Instagram. Wonderful. Christina? Hi. So, yeah, Christina. Um, I'm a fine artist too. Um, so, my work centres on working with communities and, and basically doing field work in different environments to just to see what people's lives or um, the kind of places that we find in the world, what they're really like, really, and I create work from that. And um, it's been very much a privilege, I think. <laughs> I'm very lucky. Um, and so you can find me um, on my website, which is christinapeak.com, and um, on Instagram as well, at Christina, which is C-H-R-I-S-I-L-L-E-N-A. <laughs> well remembered. Well, well. I know, I know. Quite the mouthful. <laughs> I'm Jenny. Um, I am now a full-time graphic designer. Um, was also, well, I am a fine artist as well, by trade. Um, and I'm now, yeah, moving to that digital arts. Um, you can find me anywhere around London. I just roam around. And um, <laughs> find me on Instagram. It's JennyBain101. So that's J-E-N-N-Y-B-A-I-N-101. <laughs> 101. Can't see the head movement right now, but it's there. Yeah, she's, she's, she's really giving us some dance moves. Okay, so we're all gathered today to talk about girl geekdom. So since about 2003, the OC popularized a little character called Seth Cohen and Geek Chic was reborn mm-hmm. into the world. Um, so I want to start off by talking about representations of girl geeks in popular culture and media because really the only representations we have are Anna from the OC or maybe Amy Farrah Fowler from, you know, from Big Bang Theory. So let's start off with a little icebreaker. Who was your favourite female superhero growing up or anime character? I can tell you my one. So my one is Salty from Durara. and she is like one of the headless riders and she came to Japan to look for her stolen heads and she's hired by a gang to like basically 
beat up people, whatever, but her main goal is to find her missing head. But she kind of like has this really weird love-hate relationship with a scientist that she lives with. I like to kind of reflect my life on her because I like to think that my defense system is my shadows and I've got a scientist as a lover. So, mate. Really? Yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. And you've got a missing head. And I've, yeah, I've got a missing head. Mate, missing head. I love her. I love her to pieces. She's amazing. Oh, right. Okay. Now, I'm going to sound like really boring compared to the headless person. Um, but I'm going to say, like, Wonder Woman, when I was a kid, like, because she came from the Amazon and, you know, there wasn't a lot of, um, like people of mixed heritage in Barbados where my mum's family's from so I thought oh, it's the Amazon it's you know South America I was like oh that's where she comes from but she obviously she looked completely white so it was like do you know what I mean and then I also watched, used to watch the TV series you know what's that lady's name with the dark hair and just incredible figure do you know like well back in the, oh, look, I was born in 82 okay so <laughs> let's just put some are you talking there. about Xena Warrior Princess Lucy Lawless no, no, no. She was. It was like. Oh, I can't remember. If it was this. anyway. I guess. Yeah. That was. That was. I just thought because also I was so tall. I've been this height yeah. since I was like well six foot since I was like thirteen. You're six foot Jesus. tall. Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, there was a lot of things there. But when I saw Storm, I was honestly my yeah. mind was blown that you had like a black woman superhero. I was mm-hmm. just like, whoa, that's nuts. And weather, like that's everything. Mm. That's everything. I thought she was like whoa, yeah. <laughs> You know what happens to a frog when it's struck by lightning? (laughs) (laughs) The same thing that happens to everything else. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, so with me, I grew up on anime and I obviously loved Sailor Moon, but my favorite character was Sailor Pluto. So her name was Tetsuna. And to me, when I looked at her, she just kind of represented what a woman should be like. Because when you watch a character, she's a calm woman. Um, apart from being a warrior, she is a scientist as well, so she was incredibly smart, just calm, level-headed. She didn't really say much, but whenever she made a point, it hit. And I just thought to myself, when I'm growing up, I don't want to be that person that's like, I don't even know how to explain, but that's just all over the place. I just want to be correct. I want to be smart. I want to make good points, and I want to be a warrior, just like she was. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think mine... It's a toss-up between Storm, Ovs. Um, great outfit. Yeah, great. Oh, just everything, just killer. everything. The hair, everything. Or Motoko Kusanagi from Ghost in the Shell. Now, we'll come, we'll come on to Ghost in the Shell in a little while. Because <laughs> 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 um, we're going to talk about whitewashing in anime. But first, I kind of want to go back to the subject of girl geeks and talk about how you feel walking around in your girl geek body and seeing representations in media of like, you know, girl geeks is like frumpy, boring, weird. Mate, that's not accurate. Like we are, we are weird, but like we express ourselves differently. Like I don't like the way that they portray us as frumpy, always wearing glasses, always like hmm, hunched over looking down. That's not it. Like girl geeks come in all shapes and sizes and color and we are just comfortable in our own skin and when we see like another geek we're like yes like you kind of like we kind of keep it enclosed in and we kind of like a bit shy about like our thoughts and how we think about how things work when we see each other we're like oh my god yes i'm a fellow geek i freaking yes let's go for it um we are we're just normal people we don't we don't have a suit on we don't have a disguise we're just regular people that I love that brain clash of another woman. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Just, just like, damn, really? You yeah. can do that too? Or even if they don't, 
even if they don't agree if you don't agree I love the debate you yeah. know and just someone has an opinion it's so lovely just to like well I mean obviously that's what we're doing here but just to just discuss the idea do you mm-hmm. know what I mean I love that I love that that fight do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. with anyone really yeah <laughs> and I think it's before that point I didn't even realise I was I guess a geek mm-hmm. because yeah I love anime I'm into computers all of these things but because of obviously what the media was showing to me I just never thought I was that kind yeah. of person mm. until I met people like that and then we got into this conversation I thought hold on am I actually a geek <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's me I'm yeah yeah i've never reflected it as sort of the the so-called geeks that you see on tv like i feel that that front is so much more of like a fashion trend than sort of what they're actually thinking and Mm. i like you i never thought like i'm a geek i was just it's just things that i like and i never thought of it as geeky or not i thought that's just the things that i'm into there does always seem to be a demarcation though that this idea of geek on you know in the media is is someone where it's associated say with a kind of academic subgroup, it's maths, yeah, sciences, yeah, yeah, it could yeah, be yeah. literature, whatever, you know what I mean, but it's, it's that kind of thing, and I, I, when I think now, like, you rarely see someone who, say, if they are an artist, or someone who's got a creative sphere, that person is very rarely named a geek, yeah. do you know what yeah, I mean, yeah. it's very rarely yeah. associated, even if they have, like, a hardcore knowledge of mm. their discipline, you really ever see the musician, or the artist, or yep. the, you know, the actor, or the dancer, or whatever, portrayed represented as a geek in that way mm. yeah so there's definitely i think uh, you know it's it's so true it's so true because i mean every single artist i know mm. is a nerd like Wait, i don't see how you can't be yeah yeah exactly exactly and i mean you have to be nerdy either about like graphic design tablets oh god yes for yeah. a graphic design tablet in my way i'm like yeah, but that's important. That's important. It's that's really my life. Important. Really important. Yeah. Or like, you know, programming, pastels, paints. Like, you're going to be nerdy about how maybe paints were made in the 1800s and how they were made up to now. And it's just like... Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that is me. Every time... Don't I'm, tell me you're there with the grindstone made. Like, oh my God. Honestly, like, I get way too excited by that scene in Girl with a Pearl Earring when they're, like, grinding up the... I mean, if you've never seen it, go watch it. It's proper, it's proper, <laughs> sexy. <laughs> so, Bookie, you mentioned that you're a programmer. Yeah. Are you the only girl geek on your team? Um, so, when I joined my company, it was myself and then one senior developer. So, I was the only black girl in the team and she was a white woman. So, it was just the two of us. So, yeah, I'd probably say of the whole team, I'd say, let's say, 10% of the women are, no, 2% are developers. Okay. And 8% are doing other things. Right, okay. Okay, but the rest are mostly, like, white dudes. Yeah. Right, okay. And, like, what do you think that we can do to get more, like, women, but particularly more women of colour, like, into programming, into developing? Okay, so for me, it's mainly changing the perception of what it means to be a programmer mm. and what coding entails. Mm-hmm. So I run this workshop called Coding Hip Hop, and what we do is we teach people how to create music using code. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want people to see code as just letters and numbers. There's so much more to that. You can create music, you can create art, oh, wow. you can create intricate software that can change your life. So it's really important that you look beyond that 
and then think about the things that come with the knowledge that you acquire mm. and the reason why i chose hip-hop is because i wanted to make it more relatable to us the culture um because a lot of things is happening in tech right now and i feel like if we don't get our hands in it now it's really going to be detrimental to us later in the future mm. especially as black women as well we can't have white men building products for black women that doesn't make mm. sense so this is why i'm trying to make her more relatable to us and equip you with the knowledge for you to then become braver okay that workshop is it just hip- so you said you can do it in different subjects and stuff like that like yeah. wow that's fascinating mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm... yeah you've literally just opened my eyes about that yeah, yeah i work i also work with like um tech people and developers they sit literally right behind me at work and i always feel super intimidated like i get on with them like like two peas in a pod but like i feel intimidated by their work because i just feel like it's just all numbers all one way but when you've just said you can make art and music out of it i'm like what i did not know it was a thing yeah because i mean every number is no sorry every color is a set of numbers yeah anyway so then when you put it together it's really hard for me to explain without showing it to you but you have this thing called live coding where you know someone could be playing music and then you're literally just typing in different algorithms numbers and on the screen you have like art literally just being displayed and like boxes moving around and triangles I can show you. Oh my god! I seriously <laughs> want to see this. Like my eyes are just yeah. like my eyes are like yes. Yeah, but <laughs> we're all stuck here. Technology these days. I don't know if a lot of people are aware of this, unless you're in the actual um, industry. Yeah. That's why I'm just trying to be open it up. To I'm people. so glad you've just literally given this that bite-sized mm-hmm. information because I never had a clue. Yeah, I'm learning about that. I'm you know trying to teach myself things, but no, but seriously because it's like, you know, that's you know I'm kind of like work digitally as well as like using mixed media like acrylics or different kinds of things collage and stuff but to me it's just like you know you've got to have a voracious appetite just to want to like absorb everything i love being educated man there's nothing better than like mm. someone pulls out my ignorance and i'm like damn i did not know yeah mm. <clears throat> you know case in point so that's definitely something that we will be talking about oh, <laughs> <laughs> and that is what makes us all geeks <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, look, what are the reactions that you you all have had when you've said like, oh, I'm into coding, programming, science, whatever, anime, comics, and people do people go like, oh, like that that little uplift because I know people look at me, they think, oh yeah, she's probably into something totally different. Or most people do assume I'm an artist, and then I start talking about comic books, anime, and like getting really, really, really into it, like way mm. too, way more into it than I probably should be. <laughs> um, and like people always get kind of like. Oh, okay. Wow, she's she's really she's there. <laughs> she's into it. So yeah, what are some of the reactions you've had? Um, mine. They've not. Mine has not actually been so bad. Mine's just more like, oh, okay, you're into that, and they kind of just shut it off. I'm like, can I not speak about it anymore? But it's it's been a bit of a weird one. Like some people will be like, oh, that's so cool. Like I've got good reactions from it. Some people are like, it's really cool. Some people will just like dismiss it and then want to change the subject to what they want to talk about others are just like oh oh my god and then they just walk off okay and do you yeah. think that reaction is like because you're a black woman do you think that if you were like a little white boy everyone would be super into it and yes yeah. i feel like because i feel like because they think my reaction should be like oh you should be into like hip-hop music or you should be into like this tv show or this reality tv show they kind of think that's but i'm not into that and that's not 
that's not me. And I think they kind of just dismiss it. Like, you should be thinking about this, that, and the other because you are black. I'm like, yeah, but that's that's not what I'm into. Yeah. I feel that's why, and they kind of just shut it off from the go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there are plenty of blurs, black nerds Heck out there. Yeah. There are plenty of like black superheroes. I mean, in anime, there's not really a lot of black characters, I have to say. Well, one thing I've noticed about the black characters you do see in anime, they're not like your stereotypical black villain. Not at all. So it's like there is a slight. I feel like Japanese people kind of love black people the mm. way they portray them mm. because. People like Afro Samurai, for example, mm. yes, a strong character. Yeah. Then you've got like Canary from Hunter x Hunter. Yeah. The little girl who's like 10 years old with her Afro beating up all these yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, what is it about black people in anime? It's like, you love us because you kind of portray us at the right place, but I don't know. It's still something missing. I can't really explain what mm, it is. Yeah. I think there's a there's a, a general lack of of knowledge about obviously because I mean how many black people are there actually in Japan? Yeah, I was gonna wonder. Is yeah. this, is it is that like is that essentially kind of exoticism mm. being shown within I, a genre if you yeah. don't have mm. a connection or representation within a population in that country or I don't know. I mean, I just um, just wondering really. I mean, I'm sure it could be I'm sure it could be many things, but I also find like I don't know. You know, I I never really find like. A black character is being particularly impartial. Do you know mm, what I mean? Right. Even if they're a side character to some extent, sometimes unless it's kind of like sexualized, I do think a lot of the time with women, yes. you get silence through sexuality. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sexuality, yes. how it's represented. But if it's a maybe if it's a male character, and maybe you know what I mean. But again, I don't know this drama that much, so that's I'm just kind of yeah. wondering, brainstorming really. But I mean, particularly, I mean, in comic books, maybe the only there are two black girl nerds in comic books like most most known at the moment that's Ironheart which she's taken over for Iron Man mm. in Marvel and um, Shuri Princess Shuri she's mm. a Disney princess oh hey so um, and you know she's like a tech whiz and whatever but aside from that we don't really have any like representations of black girl nerdum in nerdy media at all no um, and that's kind of I know I feel like that's a little bit disappointing although I have noticed now social media is a huge help as well as being a not help, but there are accounts like on Instagram um, where they are actually getting artists and people like just super fans who were actually creating comics for young black people and for just black people in general with black characters. Um, I think they're called Chocolate Comic City. I could be getting it completely wrong, don't quote me, but they are out there creating actual comic books for people and trying to get it out to places like Comic-Con and trying to get it into your local mm. comic book store. Like I went to, now I see a huge difference. So I've went to um, Forbidden Planet here in London and I've gone to one in the States. And I feel like when I went to the one in the States, I was able to find more independent graphic novels on black women than I did here. Mm. And I don't know if it's because of the clientele but I found more of it in New York than when I went to in New York than I have seen. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that they don't exist. It's just very so, little stock of it compared to the more. There's probably more of a demand than there. The, there's probably more of a demand in America than there is here. But there are people pushing it. It's just there's just not a huge audience really kind of uplifting it out from the social media into the mainstream yet. Mm. Yeah. And let's talk. Let's talk about that clientele for a second because. Comic book world is generally dominated by, you know, 
teenage-ish or 20-something-ish young white men. Mm -hmm. And there has been a hell of a lot of backlash recently um, towards female characters and black female characters being depicted in superhero movies and um, in general on in media. And there's, you know, people have received hate mail, death threats. Um, Kelly Marie Tran was like totally driven off Instagram. Daisy Ridley has also been mm -hmm. driven off Instagram. Um, versus like conversations, you know, around whitewashing that don't really get the same amount of vitriol um, so, for example, Ghost in the Shell, when Scarlett Johansson was cast, lots of people in the in the commu in communities of color were like, uh, "Hold on a second, why do we have a white woman playing a Japanese character? This yeah. doesn't make any sense." But there wasn't the same amount of anger from the white male fan base as there should have been, considering you know they're all so pure when it comes to characters being represented by um, black people that aren't traditionally black so Bookie I know your your face is lit up when I started talking about <laughs> this so do you want to do you want to you want to start us off on that one um to be honest this is something I can only ask a white guy mm. why can't you keep the energy the same because I don't get it the reason why I fell in love with anime is because I just absolutely adored the way Japanese um, keep the culture really sacred. Mm. I understand Japanese culture through anime, like the love for like animal nature, food, their religion, and that's constantly shown and depicted in anime. And then for you to then take an American person to like dilute it so the Americans can understand it, I think it's just very lazy for the mm. Americans. Mm. I feel like you should take the time out if you want to consume it. Then you need to take the time out to go research and understand mm -hmm. why they do what they do and appreciate it because it's like when you're going to whitewash it why are you watching it to begin with you mm -hmm. might just watch a western um um tv show yeah because they're just taking everything that makes anime what it is so i just think yeah i, I don't know i'm just annoyed <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, it is, I mean, she's, you know, Motoko Kusanagi is one of my favorite anime yes. characters. And um, I think for me, what was particularly upsetting was the fact that you've taken a strong female Japanese character. Normally, you know, Asian women in particular are, are represented as like docile, even mm -hmm. in anime. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the female characters are, you know, lackluster. Um but she's like strong, she gives no fucks. She's just like, she bosses all these men around. She's like dope. She's a very, very complex character. And to have her reduced um, in that sense to, no offense, Scarlett Joe, but reduced to Scarlett Johansson, it's mm -hmm. just like, mm, this is really, this is really annoying. Mm. So yeah. Um, I feel they're very ignorant. Um, like when the American culture kind of tries to take on the Japanese culture and I feel like it's like you said it's just a very ignorant and lazy way of trying to recreate something um that's why like I praise Black Panther because they really looked into all the cultures and what was really respectful is that they they kind of fused all the cultures into one created their own language looked into all the sort of um um like the traditional wares that each culture has and then they kind of melted it all together made a huge mountain pot and celebrated that mm. and i think they really fought hard and long about it and it's a passion project and if you really put your passion into it you're gonna get good reviews and i feel like 
some people like to take a shortcut and be like, oh, I've seen it on TV. I'll just take those little bits and, you know, make it work. It doesn't work that way. I feel like if any project you have to put all your love and soul into it, really do the research, really study, really take it in for action. Don't take shortcuts. Like, just don't do that. Okay. Respectfully, I think I'm going to have to disagree. Dun, but dun, yeah. dun! <laughs> Somewhat agree with do you. Do it, do it. Both. Okay, so two points, right? I think, personally, I don't want anyone restricting my creativity to do what I want to do. And I don't care whether I'm white or black or whatever else. I don't see that I have the right to restrict anyone from doing any role that they want to do. The mm. same way that I won't acknowledge or allow someone to restrict my creative practice in any way. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm going to put that there. However, saying that, that's different to when, because someone has universal appeal, for example, you're then watering down a narrative, a character, a culture, because you're thinking of the box office tickets, mm. that's interesting, you yeah. know what I mean, or Netflix, mm. or whatever it is. That's that's a different thing. That's different pushes, that's different economics, that's all that different kind of thing. Now, when it comes to Black Panther, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't the biggest fan of Black Panther. Ooh, tell us why, yeah. tell us why. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just, I don't know, like, just strictly speaking, as someone just watching a movie, mm-hmm. I thought it was all right. I'm not saying, but, you know, I love the costumes and everything. However, like, one of the things I also heard about Black Panther, as a criticism of it, is that, that, um, so people who say from, like, I hate saying African heritage because it's like, there's so many different cultures there, yeah. obviously, different countries there, so I don't want to be reductive in that way. But, you know, I heard criticism from number of people saying that it was like um, an African American idealization of yes, yes, yeah, 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 that's not my narrative. Yeah. That's not my culture. You, you're idealizing this kind of like motherland mentality where colonialism never existed, and yeah. it's, you know what I mean. This, it's, in, I mean, I'm not pretending to know the history of an entire continent. It's so complex and, and dense, mm. but there are so many narrative stories that separate from just some like Western colonial occupation, from you know, from the Middle East. So, so many different trade routes, so many different things over the centuries that, mm. you know, it can, you know, that. You know, it's arguable. I mean, I know you've got a film, so obviously, whatever you do, you can never reflect a dense culture. It's very, very difficult because, yeah. to some extent, you know. But you know what? I didn't, to some extent, with that, I didn't disagree with them because what's the difference in Scarlett Johansson then doing that role of a Japanese character if you're then going to have an African American production of essentially what's just been African American? Although it's coming from the comic, which is based there. That makes sense. Yeah. But the way in which it's put forward yeah. and all the kind of cultural kind of references. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, one thing I love about it is that it's the first time I've seen so many black people in the film. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah. never seen that in my life. And you're not a drug dealer. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. 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 Those are the two Amazons, because I know about that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that's, yeah. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, it's interesting, and that kind of segues into the next point, which is about blind casting. Because mm. how do we feel versus, you know, whitewashing versus blind casting? You know, like, so, um, Hayley, um, Hayley Bailey is, mm. Halle Bailey, Halle Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a tongue twister. Why is that so <laughs> difficult to say? Um, you know, has been cast as Ariel, and, like, you know, everyone went ape shit. Um... And, you know, tradition, white roles that are, you know, or roles that have been imagined as white traditionally being given to 
black folks or people of color. So like the new 007, not James Bond, but the new 007 mm. is um, now a black woman. And people have, people have been upset about that. Like, you know, there's been controversy in terms of why can't black people just have their own awesome superheroes? Why do we have to co-opt ones that are, you know, given to white people or are historically white? So I kind of want to throw that out there. You know, how do we feel about blind casting or blind cast, inverted commas, because, you know, obviously it's not blind. Question. Mm. Do you think um, it makes a difference if the role has, if the race has got an impact to the actual movie, the role? So, mm. Scarlett Johansson, she's Japanese, and I think the whole, because I didn't, I never watched it, but the whole thing was set in Japan, but it was like um, futurism. Yeah. So I think, whereas with James Bond, for example, the fact that he's English, it, was that really a big impact in the movie? Mm. Um, I think in terms of James Bond, the idea is that obviously being, it was written in like the 50s or 60s. Mm. So James Bond has a hell of a lot of privilege as a white, blonde haired, blue, no, dark haired, blue eyed man. Yeah, he's, yes, yeah. So he's, he's Scottish, but you know, he's like aristocratic Scottish. So he doesn't have like a proper Rabsy Nesbitt accent. He has a very you know, Sean Connery accent. Like he's, and he's so he can, he can go anywhere. That's kind of the point with Bond is that yeah. he can go anywhere, he can be anywhere and people won't necessarily notice him as much. And even if they do notice him, it's he has enough power and privilege in his white male body to just kind of be there and be like, nah, I'm James Bond, it doesn't matter. Um, and the suit works for every And occasion. the suit, mm -hmm. well, yeah, not, and the suit, know. and the suit, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. it's like John Wick where it's got the interior lining. <laughs> the bullets just don't touch him. That's it's different. so true. It's different. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, I think I think that's the main deal. Like you know, James Bond. I don't I don't necessarily feel any type of way about James Bond the character being a different race, but I do think that that is central to the character that they can go anywhere and mm. and be a spy. Whereas obviously, yeah. Um, Motoko Kusanagi is a Japanese woman. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah, how do we how do we feel in general about blind casting? Uh, I I don't have a huge issue with it. To be fair, I'm like let them live, let them let them do what they want to do. Um, for me, if you're doing a particular story, get it right. If you want to get it right. But I don't have a problem with it. I, I, if, I, if it's to do with a movie, I'm going to watch the movie regardless, whoever's playing it. If I'm interested in it as a consumer, I'm going to want to watch it. I don't have, I don't have a so-called problem. But this is the thing, isn't it? Because you, you have to ask yourself, and this is one of the things we've been thinking about actually before we like, came here today. It's like, you know, what is the critical thing? How important is the character, okay, in terms of the true kind of the individual and how much does the culture feed into that so depending on depending on the individual you know you can you can say you could be japanese say for example hypothetically you could be um from a caribbean descent whatever it doesn't necessarily mean that you identify your culture the individual mm. and their story and the characterization yeah. doesn't mean that automatically that this is a sensitive notion that because of the color of your skin or where you're where you're supposed to be descended from that you automatically have that connection yeah. if you've grown up in another country or together if that person that parent wasn't there in your life you know what I mean, and no one else has involved you in that community, say, mm. then the more difference, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I wonder about the weight of culture, of, of the cultural context of a character. Like, it, well, obviously that depends a lot, I think, on the person who's creating it and whether it's supposed to have a key influence on it, but there's so many different ways that you can do that. Mm. And again, 
I think I agree, you know, with Brian Carson, just like, I would want to see, like, okay, say if you had three different people from three different backgrounds could all play that character, but which one is the best one to play it, which is closest to the kind of the kind of ideological construct yes. that I had of that character. Yeah. yeah. How do they yeah. perform it best? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're someone from, I don't know, Grenada, for example, yeah. and you're Japanese, but you've smashed it, and you've done it in a way, and you've, like, the mannerisms, yeah. the intellectualism, everything else is, like, there. Like, how, you know, it just... I mean, that's the fluidity of story, isn't it? Yeah. Of, like, creativity. I just... Mm. I just never want to, like, close the gates on things yeah. just for the sake of fear of cultural appropriation mm. or fear of like it has to be an endorsement because of say like representation and stuff representation is an issue but it shouldn't cut down and restrict yeah the practice or whatever you're doing yeah very true do you know what i mean okay but um conversely do we do we think that obviously it, do we think that representation can sometimes equal tokenism in that sense because yeah. it's like, you know, if you're if you're saying, oh, yes, we have to, you know, you're trying to meet a quota of, oh, we have to just throw a a black character in here just to make sure that it's, people feel represented. I mean, that's my that's my general worry is that sometimes we can cross the line into tokenism mm. in, rather than creating a genuine nuanced character. Yeah. Yeah. That just so happens to be black. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, we have to have a black character. Yeah. Well, how about we just have a character, and if a black woman is amazing at that role, she should be given that role. Um, now, obviously, we all know that that is not how it works. Yeah. That is not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side of that, you know, when when white people or people who are um, you know, like Scarlett Johansson was like recently again bringing her back because she's just so controversial. She's just a goldmine <laughs> of um, of stuff. So she she was recently cast to play a, a trans woman or a trans man, sorry. And it was it, a joke. no, it was serious. Because <laughs> I saw so many memes on Twitter, and I thought they were just no. Okay. No, you've been looking at all those codes, love. Too happy. Yeah, yeah, So so I mean, how do, do do we feel that in that in you know cases like that? Because people, you know, obviously, you know your life, you know your story, and you can relate. People relate to things that are are inherent to them. So, she she famously said she should be able to play anything. But do we do we feel that realistically it it makes sense for people who are not of the background of that character or that historical human to play those people? <laughs> there is silence in the recording. How can you, unless, I don't know, it's just, I can't really ask a white woman to, um, like, narrate my story, being a Nigerian, living in Germany with racism, and then coming to the UK, and immigration, and I feel like they would really, really get it, mm-hmm. they would understand it, but can they really, really play out like can they really feel what i felt well that's their job though i think you have to be you know it's an actor i mean how many roles do they play you know fictional they're not they have well they didn't have the lived experience of every character that they're playing they i should hope not yeah yeah. (laughs) are yeah you're talking about someone who's having to i mean that's 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 what they're supposed to be doing whether she should be doing i think i think it's very difficult to put the whole weight of of that on like particular people's shoulders and it's you know what I mean I just I think yeah I mean part of me says like 
you have the right to play whatever role you want to play if you can get it, if you're good at it. Mm. On the other side, though, I think of someone who like Scarlett Johansson, if she's in an elevated and privileged position, mm. you know, you can't plead ignorance that you have an easier path that is cleared for you to get that role than other people. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's weighted, you know, for you to get it. Yeah. So temperance and the idea of, of what's happening, where you actually are like standing there politically, and even if you don't like it, that's the nature of what you're doing because your universal appeal is one of the reasons why you're one of the first people to be put forward for it. Does it mean you're not going to be amazing in that role? I'm not saying that because you probably yeah. could be. Mm. But it's just... So do we think then that actors have a have a duty, particularly in, in, in like in the comic book world where gender swapping and race swapping is quite common, you know, Miles Morales became Spider-Man, yeah. you know, Falcon became Captain America. Do we think that actors who are more privileged have a duty to pass roles on that say they're not quite right for and they know that? Um, do you think that they have a duty to pass them on to actors of colour or trans actors? I don't know necessarily it's like whether it, who you pass it on to. I think if you're going to have any integrity as an artist mm. and you know you're not the best person for that job, then shame on you because you know there's someone better that can do it. So you should step aside because you can't fulfil it. Yeah, mm. I feel like they have a responsibility. They can speak up if need be. Um, I feel, yeah, they, I feel like they have a voice. I feel like they can stand up if they feel like they're not going to be confident enough in doing that. I feel that it'd be wrong for them to carry on and not doing a good service. I feel it's a waste of time. They could easily be like, okay, let me bow down and just admit that I'm not going to be good enough for this. Let me, I know somebody who would be perfect for this. I don't understand what's so wrong or so bad. Yes, okay, that director has put their time in sourcing for you, but if you've got recommendations to someone who can do just as well, put them forward. Like, I don't... Whoever they are. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? You have to have integrity about this. I mean, it's an old school world, man, but I do think honour is something that... Yeah, it's lost. It, I, I feel yeah. I feel some people lose that and they'll take away, like, the material thing of it. Like, oh, I'm getting paid X amount. Let me take that. Well, yeah, I mean, part of me feels maybe I'm a bit of a little bit naive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a bit sweet about something. I mean, plainly know that's not the way it happens. And I'm sure when someone put that amount of zeros in front of me, I'd be like, hmm, yeah, I think I can do it. I need to just give it a little bit of time. If I spent some time in Japan, I can't my head. You know, I think I can do it. <laughs> Come on, man, I've got a mortgage. Oh, right, I'll, I'll, try, I'll, try to be, I'll try to be too nice. If I see zeros, I'm like, hmm. See what I can do. Yeah, and there's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look me on. So I just want to kind of move into cosplay a little bit because Christina, you mentioned that you've been to you've been to your first Comic Con this year. Yeah, uh, last year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So did yeah. you dress up? I didn't. I, okay. I heard of cosplay, but I didn't. I didn't know how much of a thing it was. Mm. Okay. So that mm. was definitely an eye opener, man. Okay. And they people take it. So very seriously. Oh yeah. Do you do you cosplay booking? I really want to, but every single time Comic Con is on, I'm busy. No. So I really, I've always wanted to just be like the Yellow Ranger because I think <gasps> my first outfit that's like the easiest. Ooh, yeah. yeah. But it's because it's just like I mean costumes are like eight foot high. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what was it like Avatar yeah. and trans mm. the Transformer guy? I remember he was like seven foot man, and he was amazing. Mm. He was like a half between like Bumblebee and yeah. like, like Optimus <laughs> Prime. I don't know where his curve palette comes from, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like like it's performance. It, it is. is. Yeah, because you embody that character for the whole yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. So I remember yeah. there was this like this samurai ninja dude, like mm -hmm. this sweet 
street. I mean, I, oh God. He was like maybe about 16, this little black dude, oh my in gosh. this like all in one outfit with oh. some race sword. And oh. that boy did like splits and stuff. I was like, oh, you're so sweet, where are your parents? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, parents. I love that. Where are your parents? Do your mum and dad know you're here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? His like, leg was like up against the wall. He had his samurai sword. Oh my like, gosh! Damn, I, I took a yeah. photo. Yeah. Because he looked amazing. Like, I, mean, I took a photo of everyone. I'd be clapping by it every time. I'd be like, Yeah, I was. I had to. I had to. It was oh. amazing. It was. Yeah, I was. I had a great time. Loads of independent comics. Loads of them as well. And they had a lot of panels. Yeah, loads of panels. Yeah. Loads of panels. Loads of panels. So yeah, you have never cosplay bookie have you Jane? no i want to the only time i really like i'm 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 a low budget cosplay like the only time i really <laughs> get to like dress up as halloween and at halloween i want to be like a, i want to be a comic back character like is that cosplay halloween? no it's I mean, not but that's yes. like my only, that's that's my right. excuse because i don't get to go to comic con because i'm always busy with something i'm always working or something's always in the way and so my excuse is to do it at Halloween and I want to go all out. But at the same time, I'm like, do I have the time? Do I have the budget? Let me low key budget it and just see what I've got. It was basically carnival, but with books. Yeah. yeah. That's basically It is like that. It is like that. I went as Jessica Jones and it was the easiest costume I've ever had because it's literally like black t-shirt, leather jacket, black wig, attitude, fake bo- bottle of whiskey, perfect. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was it was like it's amazing and it's so much fun and I think actually um, you two should have your nerd herd privileges revoked for not making time for Comic Con. I know. Turns out I'm the hardcore one. You are, mate. You You weren't expecting that. that. (laughs) Feel free to revoke me, mate. I'll still live on. Funny as well because like all the trade stops leading up to like I think it was the Excel Center like everyone was a different yes yeah I love it I love it you know what I mean it was so funny so we're gonna round up now but I just want to ask you all individually in your own words in your own time what is something that you would like to see in the next five years produced in the nerd community like predict like maybe it's a film featuring more like kick-ass geek women of color or maybe it's more blind casting or maybe it's like a new anime or maybe it's like you know whatever jenny video game it has to be video game we need like we need a video game of like Mm. I say video games because it's so they still make it so male orientated and so like the females like always rescuing for help or if it's not the the female that's more male dominated or whatever I just want like a female that's still like classy but still kick ass and still they need to change the video gaming way in my in my opinion it's so still like Dame needs to be rescued or GTA you're like someone's a prostitute or whatever no cut that mm. out like just be real be be what you see every day I've got a video game that's not boring but obviously what you see every day and it's just yeah I'm not asking for too much just change the video game please yeah. please <laughs> and if women are kicking butt they're always like in a little bikini or something it's yeah like, can't you give us some proper clothes yeah give us some proper clothes please <laughs> or like even cosplaying that like do mm. something different I don't want to see the same old things in a, in a video game anymore. Mm-mm. Okay, Christina. Um, okay, <laughs> now I feel shy. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you have an idea, or because like... um, because because in the last few years, been like comics have been like a major like influence on um, on my work, and now I want to do my own. I want to well, not comic. Mm-hmm. I want to do like my own graphic novel. But even as I imagine this self and imagine this story in my head. Um, I 
I can see it in film. I can see it viscerally. One of the things I love about I love about graphic novels or just comics is how visceral they are. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's like you can just you can describe like two bodies falling, you know, fighting against each other, having a massive rough. But when you see it viscerally, like in a comic or in a graphic novel, you read something like From Hell. It's just like mind-boggling when you mm. when you see that captured um, visually. And and I have plans to to start my own. I think would be centering the protagonist would be a woman of colour and um, well I you know here we'll talk about that another time <laughs> <laughs> I got the story and everything but um, yeah I'm starting that later this year after after um, my book center and I think it's really exciting and I, I know for people in film and stuff as well and it's already something where you can I can see something as an image and I can see it as a moving one and I think right. I'd love if I want to see those things I need to make them myself nice so yeah. that's what I want to do. I love that. I love that. So the next thing that you want to see out there is yours. Yeah, basically. I'll, I'm I'm digging that. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it. Bucky. I'm a mum, man. I've got to show my son something. Do you know what I mean? Like that's my legacy. So, <laughs> yeah. mate, you know, this yeah. is what mummy did. When this she is what mummy did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bucky. Um, similar to Jenny, they need to reduce the fan service. There's been times I'm watching anime where I feel like the storyline is so good, but I can't see past her breast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't see past yep. her breast. It's just literally wobbling all over the <laughs> They make it extra. Yeah. And they just chill. <laughs> because it's really not that deep. No. Nah. They really, t- really need to reduce because it's just getting out of hand. I'm yeah. So they need to just calm down on that. Yeah. I think they would have by now, though, don't you? You know what I mean? Like, sometimes nah. it's just like, yeah, how long is that going to go on for? But I think it's like arse now, isn't it? Well, yeah. it's like it's the whole thing, thing, like the word fan service. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. exactly. So yeah, exactly. So who, who is this really catered to, really? So I think that just needs to stop. And I always wanted a black version of Sailor Moon. Ooh, yeah. Oh. Like five black girls save the world and five different girls because yeah, we are multifaceted people, you know? Yep. We are so different and you know, if you come together and like, you know, fight evil. <laughs> I'm gonna start with an anime now, don't yeah, yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. We need to make that happen. You really do. You really do. Sailor Moon is a good way to start off. Yes. It's a really good way to start off. Yeah. Um, so that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for joining me. And um, yeah, everyone should read more anime. Yeah. <laughs> Go forth. Ciao for now. It's good for your soul. It is good for your soul. All right, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. <laughs> Ciao for now.